Book by book, here we are once again, joining you in your home or are you perhaps in a small study group or perhaps in a big church. I don't know where you are, but we're very, very thrilled to be joining you today. I'm Richard Buse. Here's Paul Blackham. Here's Alec Matia. Book by book, we're doing the book of the prophet Isaiah. and We come to study number nine today as we read from, well, we're looking at chapters 54 right through to 59. Why don't I start by reading? So we're going to read from Isaiah chapter 55. Here we are reading the Bible in London, England. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Verse 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will freely pardon. Verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Fabulous reading, but why don't we just start a little further back in our study at chapter 54. And uh, as we look at that chapter, with the imagery, I'm going to ask you, Alec, chapter 54, there's the imagery, I think, of God's love described in verse 1 and also in verse 6 of marriage terms. And then verse 9, by the promise to Noah, then verse 11 to 13, by the vision of a beautiful city. So three different kind of models to look at. Let's think of how all this flows out at the cross of Christ. Well, that, that's the great truth here. They do flow out of the cross. Mm. Chapters 54 and 55 flow out of chapter 53. Yes. Uh, rem remember that the servant of the Lord had a double task. He had a double task to bring the then professing people, the then Israel, back to God and then to be the Lord's salvation to the ends of the earth, the double task. Now, having performed the work of salvation, which is chapter 53, the double call goes out, and chapter 54 is the call to Zion, the barren city who is going to have children without labor. Yeah. So there again, you see, is the thought of entering into a salvation to which we have made no contribution and to which we can make no contribution. And then we come to chapter 55, which is the call to the whole world. It's what you would expect, really, if you're thinking, how will Isaiah develop all this? The servant has a double task, he has performed it, now let's call them to enjoy it. Mm. So, first of all, Zion, and then now, ho, everyone that thirsts, come to the waters. Mm. Yes. Absolutely glorious free in, free offer of the gospel to the whole world. It's great how you link in back to chapter 53 mm. once again. Mm. That's very important indeed. I mean, seeing that Christ has paid the price of our sins, as we were reminded in chapter 53, through his death, ultimately upon the cross, then how should we see the great mm. offer of chapter 55? Well, that's mm. it. Just there, without... It's free! <laughs> come all, come to the waters. You have no money, 
Come buy and eat. Buy wine, milk without money, without cost. That's the great emphasis. It's all been bought and paid for. You can come and buy it. That's why the word buy is important, because it's something that has a great cost attached to it. It's a very large ticket item. And it's as if, like Alec was saying when we were thinking about this earlier, we were, it's, um, it's, a, it's a, like a being in a supermarket and it's the most expensive item and you've got it in your trolley. And it's a, don't worry about that. You take that through. It's been paid for. Mm. Uh, and, it's that, and it has been paid for. And it's just this fab- and that. But that's the thing that's hard for us, to grasp the fact that it's free and mm. that it's, there's no price. And then Spurgeon, the great 19th century preacher, has this wonderful sermon on it. And he says, um, having thus exhibited the article, my next business is to bring the bidders up to the auction box. So he's thinking of it as a sale. Oh, yeah. Bring the bidders up to the auction box and sell it. My difficulty is to bring you down to my price. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah I love on. that. He says he talked of men selling their goods at a fair. And he says, as for those people, their difficulty is to bring people up to their price. But my difficulty is to bring you down to my price. Because that's the challenge, isn't it? We always think, well, no, I, I, I can be saved because I go to church and I, you know, I do a lot of good things. I've never done anyone any harm. I pray. I, I give things to charity. And it's as if Isaiah would be saying, no, you're trying to bring up some price. You're trying to bring something to buy it. You can't come with nothing. It's all been bought and paid for by Christ himself. Just come and enjoy mm-hmm. all that he's got for you, this satisfying food that he gives for free. It's hard, isn't it? Because there are plenty of people who, as you say, do want to feel that they're making some sort of contribution mm-hmm. towards knowing God in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and yeah. having their sins forgiven. They, and so and they will say, well, they yes, said, there must be something I have to yes, do. What can I do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. people mm-hmm. say that. And so the great invitation of the Bible is, come, 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 come. come. And come without money, without price. As you are. I, sometimes I've, I, mean, I found myself as a clergyman once or twice, well, more than once or twice, describing it to people who are often in great need, sometimes in hospital. I once said to a man who was in, on his deathbed years ago, and I showed him a verse from the Bible like this one. He was so weak, he could hardly do anything, but he finally picked up a ballpoint and just put a tick in the margin. <laughs> yeah. And that was his way of saying, I accept. I'm there, yeah. yeah. There. It yeah. was so moving. Yeah. And anyone can do that. Anyone can actually come to Christ uh, if they're thirsty. If they're not thirsty, if they're not hungry, mm. they're just going to keep going. Oh, but at some point, they will be awakened by the thought yeah. there's something that's actually a dimension. Putting a tick in the margin might suggest that he's done something, but actually it's an indication that he's doing nothing. Yeah. That's right, an indication And in the same way, when we believe in Jesus and put our trust in him, it might seem we're doing something, but actually not. We're doing nothing. We're accepting a free salvation. That's dead right. And uh, I think it takes a long while to drop into people's minds. So so wonderful. I remember thinking at one stage, I'm the child of a missionary. So I'm all right. Mm. No, I had to make my, have my own decision, my own response yeah. at some point. Well, I was the child of a tobacconist, so I had no chance <laughs> of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, Alec, I mean, in chapter 56, if you look on a bit more, mm. verse 4 onwards, what is this about eunuchs and foreigners yeah. being singled out for acceptance before God? 
Why should they be named? Kind, kindly start at 56 verse 1. Okay. Yeah, that's this that's, is what the, the Lord says. That's the really the key verse to the whole of the rest of Isaiah up to mm. 66. It's 56 verse 1. Yes. Think of where we are, Richard. We look back to Calvary mm. and we say, right, we have been saved. Right? Mm. And then we look inward and we say, crumbs, I need a lot yet. And we look forward to the coming of Jesus and we say, but then we will be saved. Now that's exactly where you are in Isaiah 56.1. Keep judgment, do righteousness, my salvation is near to come. Well, but your salvation has come, hasn't it? It happened in chapter 53. Mm. Right, we're looking back to Calvary, but now we're in the interim waiting for the consummation of salvation when Jesus comes again. And Isaiah says, right, how do you fill in the interim? And the answer is you fill in the interim by the obedient life. Mm. And that's what these chapters are all about. The man who led me to faith in Jesus Christ talked once about the three tenses of salvation. He said, I have been saved from the penalty of sin by a crucified Savior. And he went on to say, I am being saved from the power of sin by a living Savior. And he said, I will Will be saved saved from the presence of sin by a coming (laughs) Savior. That's great. And that's a way of looking at it. Yes. I suppose what I like about the fact that he said the eunuchs and the foreigners is that they're the people who would assume they're out. It's not for us. They're outside. Because in the law, isn't it? it, That's right. They're the people who are shut outside the camp. But now they're they're, they're in on this basis of the offer of a free salvation to everyone who thirsts. And and they can come. And did you notice that the eunuch who keeps my Sabbaths yeah. That's a big stress in these chapters. Isaiah comes back to it in 48, and he comes back to it at the end of 66. The people who are waiting for the coming are the Sabbath people, which has nothing to do with observing Sunday, <laughs> essentially, but entering into the rest that belongs to the people of God. Mm. Really, in that reference to the Sabbath, we're bang in the epistle to the Hebrews. Oh, yeah. You like that, Paul? Hebrews 4, I love all that. That there's this Sabbath is about resting from your labours, isn't it? So it's like accepting it's a free offer, come by without money. Oh, I love that. It's another way of saying salvation is free. Oh, that's lovely. Oh. Well, so that again is a helpful reminder that no one can say, I am actually beyond the pale or anything like that. No, the the, the, the foreigner, the eunuch, Mm. the. They're, they're all welcome. Yes. Come in and welcome. Yes. Come in, come in. The door stands open now. Mm. 54, 55, 56, 57. Suddenly in 57, hey, verse 3 onwards, comes once more the, the reminder of those old cultic sins and false mm. alliances that so plagued the life of mm. restless Israel. Look at verse 20, 21, Paul. Oh, yeah. They were like the restless sea. What's the remedy for a restless, a sin-sick church? Yeah, well, because you, you could almost feel, when you read all that uh, diagnosis of the deep sin and the, how badly they betrayed the Lord, 
and they're committing adultery and all that. So that's the language here. Oh, it's, you could say, oh, there's no hope. But then, <laughs> of course, the whole point of these chapters is, no, there is. You, the, uh, and that's why I love chapter, uh, verse 15 in, in it all. For this is what the high and lofty one says, he who lives forever whose name is holy. Yeah, that now? that's it. I live in a, I live in a high and holy place. Yeah but also with, with him. him who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and revive that. I love it that. It's in a high place, that. and yet, boom, come right down Because that's when you think about Isaiah 6, and that that's the high and lofty, this exalted, who's so tremendously glorious and holy that the whole temple almost collapses in his presence. And you think, oh, how could you ever draw near to him? How could you be near to him? Uh, and yet he says, no, I will dwell with anyone who, uh, the one, him who is, contrite and lowly in spirit. It's sometimes difficult for people who are perhaps of a different belief system mm. to accept this, because we often so easily think of God is inaccessible, he's right up there. That's it. But actually the one who's right up there can come into our very, very lives. Mm. That's the extraordinary thing, that idea, yeah, because some, some belief systems have that, a God who's so high and out of reach but the real and living God here says, no, I will come and dwell with. And that's because of Christ who because comes. Christ. And so God can actually um, limit himself, come down mm. to our situation without shrinking him. Oh, that's yeah, the amazing I like thing. That. Without yeah, shrinking yeah, him. Yeah. Jesus is still enormous. Enormous. <laughs> and then even when salvation is, is never far away, um, as... Uh, Actually, chapter 58 demonstrates mm. the danger of mere religion. I mean, it would do us good to look at what true worship is. Could you guide us a bit, Alec, do you think, here? Mm. Well, I, I find all this so realistic. Um, Isaiah tells us we can enter into this free salvation. But while we're waiting for the consummation, when the person that he sees as the anointed conqueror comes, and we see as the Lord Jesus coming, while we're waiting for the consummation, we're really up against it, chapter 57 says. Mm. But 58 says, in this situation, you still have to be the Lord's Sabbath people. Mm. In, in all this turmoil, faced with wickedness, rotten governments, yes. everything that this world contains, we've still got to be the Lord's Sabbath people entering into his rest. And, and uh, you know, he's, he speaks really, he speaks really very vividly here of how we're to be the Lord's Sabbath people in, in reality of worship, he says. That's in verses 2 and 3, for example. They ask of me ordinances and take delight in approaching God. It's all, it's all false. We've got to be real in our worship, mm. not, not just going through. And, and, you know, that bit about, is it to bow your head down like a rush? Not going through the motions, mm. but re reality of worship, reality of relationships. Yes. Beware of formalism and ritualism. Mm. Mm. And uh, look, we've only got seconds left, but Paul, just look at 59 with me, chapter 59. Yeah. Because Left to ourselves, what is the human condition actually really like? I think it's got something oh, to say there. It's so powerful to just, really, the way it's as if he says, is there anyone actually who doesn't, is there anyone who doesn't need this salvation that's for free? Is there someone who's like, well, actually, I am good enough. 
And it's like, no, this is a diagnosis. And it, he looks across the whole world in a way and says, look, is it, no, no one calls for justice. No one has integrity. No one does what's right. And is there anyone amongst believers who doesn't need what Jesus brings as his second coming? Oh, that's you right, see, that's, of course, the, the longing yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, we all long for Because we all know, it's like, wherever we are, you, you know, no, there isn't in me. I long for when he comes and establishes total righteousness. You, and it's why when the Apostle Paul wants to say, look, there isn't, everybody's condemned, everybody's, he just quotes this chapter. Of, of Isaiah, he's like, look at the diagnosis. Non, mm. No one is right, no, not even one person. Not even one. Uh, in verse 16, there was no one. And uh, yeah, that Christ alone is righteous. We want to find someone who is righteous, it's Christ alone. Mm. Flee to him, refuge in him. And then, of course, as he says, come, come to me. Yeah. Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden. Actually, we could end on that note, I think, coming back to that. 55, chapter 55 again. Come, all you who are thirsty. And we'll make that our closing off point, I think. Come, all those who are thirsty. There was actually uh, one of our great English romantic poets, Lord Byron, over a century ago, lived a fairly dissipate life. In fact, pleased all his appetites and travelled widely. And he once said this in a particular poem of his, drank every cup of joy. Heard every trump of fame, drank early, deeply drank, drank draughts which common millions might have drunk, then died of thirst because there was no more to drink. And as we look at Isaiah 55, come, all you who are thirsty, come and drink. Are you thirsty? If you know you're thirsty, there's one place, no, one person you can come to today with your sins, and say to him, I'm sorry that you've been outside of my life up to now. I repent. I understand from Isaiah that you've died for me. I repent of all of that in my past. I am thirsty. I'm coming to you, Lord Jesus Christ, today. Why not today? Make a note of the date today and think today is the day. God bless you and God bless all of us.